Welcome to the Index Podcast, hosted by Alex Kahaya. Plug in as we explore new frontiers with Web3 and the decentralized future. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Index, where we talk with the leading entrepreneurs building the future of the internet. I'm your host, Alex Kahaya, and today I'm excited to welcome Joe Vizani, CEO of Lunar Crush a social intelligence platform that provides analytics tools to empower companies to master their social influence. We're going to dive deep into how online social media conversations drive Web3 adoption, their impact on crypto markets, and the future of AI. And we're also going to discuss some topics on blockchain influencers and creators across social media landscape. Joe, thanks for being here. Alex, what's up, man? It's good to see you. It's a black hoodie hat type of Friday morning, just getting, getting work done, just building. I know. Yeah. Been focused and grinding all morning. Thanks so much for being on the show. Just disclaimer, I say this all the time. I'm an investor in Lunar Crush through Kano, my advisory firm. Love what you guys have been building over the years and super impressed at the the level of execution that's come out of your team. But just wanted to start with like why I do this show. We haven't actually talked about that. My why for the show is people are worth knowing. And I specifically want to know the people building the future of the internet. I think telling their stories and like why they're here, why are you doing what you're doing is really important to help move the space forward. It's important to me and I'm just generally really curious about it. And I wanted to have you on the show because I feel like the platform you've built is at this intersection of like social media, crypto, AI, like you cover a lot of different things. And I mean, I wanted to start the show out with discussing your why, but also talking about what the, the, the broader reason why, why we're here. And we're building something that's called the Index Network, which is a group of the top 150 people building the future of the internet. And we'd love to have you be a part of that group. And like basically everybody who comes on the show can join that group if they want to. And the purpose of the group is to help each other. So it's like business opportunities, asking for advice, you get stuck on the problem, like you've got this group of entrepreneurs and builders and investors in there who can help you. And then just like creating surround sound effect for all the things that we're doing, the why that we're here. So the top like 150 people can all work together to have this like shared message and push the space forward together. So that's my why, why I'm here. I wanted to share that with you because we haven't talked in a while and uh, wanted you to know that's the direction we're going, but also want to hear why are you here? Not on the show, but like, why are you here building Luna Crush? What's driving you every day to show up and do what I know is an incredibly hard thing is building a startup in this space. Well, I'm flattered to be invited to the the index group. That's awesome, man. I didn't know you're building that. So that's cool. I'm excited to learn a little bit more because I, I do love that mission. This will kind of lead to my journey. But you know, over the years, I, I am constantly looking for groups of other founders or CEOs, you know, who are trying to get started and whether it be in Web3 and crypto or other startups or e-commerce, you know, some of my best friends now I've met through even some of the accelerator programs that I've been through in like Techstars. And I have a great buddy who, you know, he started up an app on Shopify and, you know, we, it's turned into this massive thing for him. And he's, you know, even way ahead of where I'm at with Lunar Crush, but an e-commerce thing. And we just sat next to each other at this like Techstars accelerator. And he was working on a completely different company at the time. I was working on a completely different company at the time. But over the years, being able to lean on each other for advice and lean on each other for, you know, especially if you're a CEO of a, a startup, like, you know, you're, you're kind of hearing what everyone else is going through. And then there's never really an outlet for you 
to go lean on anyone else outside of there. And so I love that. I love that idea. Even in this world that's a lot more remote, it's tough, you know, especially in Web3. I feel like the majority of the startup founders, you know, whether they're Series A and under, are probably remote in some way. They get their teams together, but that's even another, you know, you're even a little bit more of a recluse and more secluded from people. And I think that's why we do go to a lot of conferences and there's a lot of Web3 conferences, but it's not that everyday ebb and flow. So I think that that bringing people together is amazing. So yeah, excited to hear more about that. And yeah, my journey, you know, it started coming out of school in 2008. You know, it was the the financial crisis that was happening. I remember well, I was 09. <laughs> Wanted to go work on Wall Street, you know, growing up. My uh, father was a mortgage banker. You know, I was working at his office when I was 15 years old, creating, you know, Excel spreadsheets. He was taking and figuring out rate pricing for mortgages back then. And I was like, you know, kind of like a whiz on Excel. And so could still kind of figure those things out at a very early age. And remember, it was kind of crazy when I was working there was when some of the stuff had started around some of the loans, like the CISA loans and everything else. And I was like, this this doesn't even make sense to me. Like, you just have to say how much you have and say how much you make and you can get these loans. I remember thinking that at like 15, it was crazy, but learned a lot. And so it was always, hey, I'm going to go to Wall Street. That was just like what I thought, you know, started to get something lined up with like the Lehman of the world, the bear of the world. And then suddenly those companies just don't exist. So for me, it was, you know, going back to Chicago, you know, I wanted to do proprietary trading, prop trading. I had a lot of friends whose parents worked at like the Chicago board of trade. You know, it was like always about finance. I came out as a finance major, took a lot of economics classes. And so for me, it was like, that was the direction. And then, you know, there's just nothing at that time. And I end up working at like an advertising agency which I didn't even know what they did. It was just kind of like, take the job, right? And I was in like the, almost like the proverbial like mail room. I was working in like the general ledger, like finance department of like an advertising agency, but very quickly kind of found some awesome, cool things. Like the first week I was there, they landed like the Miller Coors client and they had like the Backstreet Boys like in the office. Like I was like, what is going on here? There's like kegs rolling in. I was like, what is an advertising agency? And I'm kind of figuring out. So like, it was a, a great way to kind of start my career of being a chameleon and kind of branching out to new things and, you know, meeting the people there and really working my way in, but always had this, this chip on my shoulder about kind of this traditional finance industry that was out there and, you know, never really lost that idea that these people just absolutely screwed over so many people. And you're even seeing it now with some of the stuff coming out with the National Association of Realtors, you know, it was a $2 billion lawsuit that they have to pay where they were conspiring against homeowners and everything. And I'm like, we can probably go down a rabbit hole of it's like, what's worse, like the National Association of Realtors that's going to pay 5 billion or FTX that like, I think 90% of the funds are going to come back. People might think like, okay, SBF is going to go to jail forever. Who from the National Association of Realtors is going to jail forever? So anyway, always kind of thought about, you know, finance, even throughout my career, working at advertising agencies and working in sales and doing a bunch of stuff, even though I was in finance and then found Bitcoin in 2015. I was working with my other co-founder, John Farjo. He came up to me one day, you know, we were in the UX group and he was like, hey, do you have any Bitcoin? And this was like December 2014 or January 2015. And then, you know, I, I, I think I got Coinbase at the time and then started to pick up some Bitcoin. I think I bought my first Bitcoin at like $180. I think I probably sold it for like $150 or something after that. I definitely took like a loss on the first trades I ever made and was kind of like, ah, I don't know about this, but 
we kept talking about it, kept talking about it. And when we first heard about Ethereum, it really kind of expanded our minds. Like Bitcoin at the time, which still even to today, outside of what has happened with ordinals this year, has been, you know, this one trick pony a little bit as far as, you know, this is a digital gold. Yes, it's, you know, a way better money than fiat money. It's way better. And it has a bunch of disruptive properties, but it was kind of this one thing. When Ethereum came out, it was kind of like, okay, the tokenization of everything. And this is going to disrupt everything. And so for us at the time, it was like, we got to build something. We don't know what it's going to be, but we're going to build something and we're going to participate in this industry. When we looked at the landscape, we looked at our skill sets. We were out there on Twitter, you know, looking for different projects and we wanted to invest in all of these things that were coming out. At the time, it was like Vertcoin and Bitcoin Private and all these other crazy coins. We had no idea what was going on with them. It was like you search on Twitter, you see about 1% of the content that's on there. So we said, hey, what if we, you know, we were kind of the first people out there saying without a community, there is no crypto, there's no earnings reports, there's no 10Ks, there's no way to delineate value for these things. How do we kind of take all that data, boil it down, maybe figure out who's influential and so we can educate ourselves on making better decisions for investing? And then it really turned into like, man, this is a company, let's go build something. And then brought in other co-founder, Dan Williams. He's our CTO and Dan can build anything. And we said, Dan, can you go build this? You know, And he's like, yeah, here it is like a day later, right? And so we're like, holy shit, we're already aggregating all of this data across social networks. Here's all these tickers. Like the first thing I remember John and I being in like a coffee shop, it was all manual, like figuring out all the tickers for everything and all the keywords and putting that all into a system. There's a lot of manual work. You know, you know, I think in, the, in your heart of hearts, like if you're an entrepreneur, and like, if you're going to take those risks, and for me, it was never a question to go and do this. And so it was just, you know, me kind of trying to convince, you know, John to leave a super stable job at that time. He had already left and is working for an AI company and making a shit ton of money. And it was like, same thing with Dan. I was like, we got to do this. You got to get out of the cubicle. Like, even if you're going to make a half a million dollars a year, a million dollars a year, it's not your thing. And then it was pretty quick for everyone to say, let's go build Lunar Crush. And then we were on our way. So if you had to boil it down like Lunar Crush is wide to like a sentence or two, what would that be? Lunar Crush, our mission is to create transparency of data on the internet. Right now that looks like helping people, helping creators and citizen journalists grow their followings and be better creators. And so for us, it's just this overall mission of creating transparency. Right now it's for social media and for search. Let's dive a little deeper into that. Like, how does that work for a creator or an influencer or like a citizen journalist? Like, how would I mean, you could even use me? I haven't used it yet for this show, for example. How would I use it? I do want to caveat because we've talked a lot about crypto and then suddenly I'm talking about creators. Like, we still have all of the, the tools for crypto and for stocks and for NFTs where you can go and basically just type in any of those assets. And now you can type in any keyword, you can type in NBA and you're going to be able to see basically all of the top content from X, from YouTube, from TikTok, from Reddit. Interesting. And you're going to be able to see, yeah, you're going to be able to see also all the top creators. So if you're a creator and you're coming to Lunar Crush, you know, our new front door is, you know, basically you can type in your handle and you can see kind of like a snapshot of your account and like where you rank in the entire universe of creators that we have on there, how many interactions your posts are getting, how well your posts are doing which topics that you're influential over. So if you're a new creator and you're like, hey, I want to work in the Solana ecosystem and I want to be influential over Solana, right? Like who else is influential in that ecosystem? What are they posting about? How are they growing? Who do you interact with? 
you know, maybe who do you unfollow, right? So there's a lot of things that come with being influential in these spaces. And the creator economy is, is the economy. It's like they're driving all of this. You know, if you're a brand, like you're basically just looking for creators to drive your brand. So there's just a lot of influence and power that comes there. And so we're trying to build tools for that subset of users specifically to drive value. For brands. So yeah, I'm a brand and I want to see who who do I need to talk to to promote my brand and I can use it to target them and see exactly the kind of content they're posting. I can even like post similar stuff to target their audience and then I can, can I out reach out to them through your platform or is it just like, at least I identified the target and now I can go get get after them. Yeah, right now you can identify and then very soon here, you're going to be able to actually get like prompts. So you're going to be able to say, I want to be, you know, influential or Solana. Here's the style that I want to talk in and here's, you know, so for us, we have every Solana post. That's yeah, so that's AI. Yeah. So that, yeah, this is exactly, dude, this is the, this is like exactly my next question. Cause like the content I produce just using my own, I think through my own lived experience, right. As a user. And I, produce these kind of content because I enjoy it. We do these interviews and they're really fun. But then I also want to start producing other kinds of content like, I don't know, thought leadership type post. And it's like, okay, so what do I do? What's going to resonate with the people I want who I want to bring to this show? I want them to watch your episode. So how do I do that? And so you have like this prompt engine that can create those threads, even recommend content for video and stuff probably. Like, I mean, like how far does this go? It's going to go the whole way. There's a lot of text that we're focused on. There's so much data that we have on all of these topics that it's distilling all of that down. And then like you're right, creating prompts to start, right? We just want to kind of lead you in the right direction because we also don't think that at least yet, I mean, it's getting better every single day, but you know, if you use ChatGPT or now if you've used Grok, which I think, you know, if you're premium, you got last night on X, it's good, but it's not you yet. We want to give you the prompt, but it's one of the best thought starters that you can have. Like if you're sitting there trying to kind of write a blog or come through and figure something out, you know, you don't want OpenAI or ChatGPT writing the full blog post for you. You just want to be like, okay, here's, here's what's out there and here's what's interesting. And so for us, we're just really targeting the training data towards social and then the output is you. And so like, we're going to go the full way where it's, you know, you're going to be able to type in anything, get any topic, any recommendation, and then the last step of it is, like you said, I'm a brand. I want to connect with a creator. Right now, there's a lot of inefficiency between those two things. Like for creators, they can't make the money that they want to make on these platforms. And these audiences that they built are incredible. Even X, I know they're they're trying to get there, but you might get 10 bucks or 20 bucks or something like that. You know, so that's why a lot of these creators, they have like an agent or they've got like their own little business and they've got a couple of people working for them. They're scrambling to figure this out. And then a brand you're like, man, there's a lot of slippage, right? There's a lot of inefficiency. When I hire a creator, it feels more like an awareness campaign in marketing versus a performance campaign. So awareness would be like a billboard. Performance would be like a Facebook ad where I can track the user down and figure out the lifetime value of that person and everything else. We want social media spend, which currently feels like an awareness play to feel more like a performance play because we know, hey, Alex wants to get more people on the Index podcast. He's only going to target people on X that have said the word podcast or are influential over podcasts, right? So then you could basically just drop your link in. I want to amplify this, this tweet or this post on X. And I only want people to be able to post it that are influential on podcasts. That goes out to our network of creators that are influential over podcasts. And bam, they only get paid for the interactions that they drive. 
Amazing. And they can drive that from my content. Like I could pay them basically via your platform to help me distribute my content. That's exactly right. This is the goal of Holy Grail. You're talking to an early adopter right here. Like <laughs> I, I'm the exact creator that you're talking about. So I have a team of people who help me produce this show. My producer, Sean, who's great. She's awesome at what she does. And then David, who helps me with some of the clip editing and distribution of those clips and like some of the other associated content you have to create with that, like what goes in the body of the post or if it's a thread, like that content. Because you have only so many hours in the day and you're supposed to, you have to produce like full stack content. It's video, it's audio, it's text, it's threads, it's like mini blogs, all this stuff. It's like, that is a lot. It's very time intensive. It's costly. And I have been dreaming of a set of AI tools that I can just like, literally, I would love to give you the corpus of my podcast, all of the transcriptions from Riverside and be like, create a bunch of things that I can repost. I had Frank Mong from Helium on my show the other day, and he made some amazing like golden nugget pieces of advice and like storytelling from his experience working with Amir and their team to build I mean, he's at Nova, Nova Labs, but like with the community building, you know, Helium. But I remember that one, so I'll pull it out. But I have like 60 plus hours of content and AI could just create new inspiring nuggets from that for me and distribute it automatically. Like I wanted to post all my channels, my actual channels, but then even being able to leverage the network that way via Lunar Crush would be exponentially better. You're not just distributing through your channels, but also those creators' channels. And then they have valuable content. You know, they, they can choose to post it, right? Like they, you're not going to force it on them. But like if they want to post it, they'll get paid. And if they think it's valuable content for their their community, they'll engage their community with it. Yeah. We're focused on like the amplification of the content that you have, like in a much more efficient way. But the like the whole goal when we went through this was, you know, how can we, you know, if Alex spends, you know, 10 hours a day posting on X right? How can we shorten that to five and get the same output? It's really interesting because then your pricing model depends on, you know, how impactful it is for that person, right? Like if I could save Elon Musk even one hour a day, how impactful is that, right? He'll probably just go play Doom for that extra hour. But like, what if he spent it on something, on something else? It could be worth a million dollars a month. He needs to relax, more. man. He needs to relax so he can think of how to send people to Mars and stuff, you know? Yeah, I love it. I love so it. the best ideas come. That's the goal though, is to say, hey, how can I save you this time to start and make it so it's easy for you? Well, I also take it back to like my core mission, like people worth knowing. And I want to tell the stories of the people building the future of the internet. Why are they here? Well, the only way I can succeed in my mission is through distribution of high quality content. So how do I do that? How can I get leverage that allows me to do that faster and farther? And that's what you built. That's the value. It's faster and farther through a network of people that I can distribute my content to automatically. I will spend money on that for sure. Just talking a little bit about like finding in like the right people, even, you know, what's your take on, you know, we're, we're coming out of this just kind of crazy bear market. And, you know, there's still people that are here that have kind of survived through it, you know, but we've also had to deal with a lot of the crooks that have been out there or even seen like something like a, like a hex with like a Richard Hart, just like leaving these stores with like these bags and everything. The hardest part for me being in Web3 and being in crypto and like putting my blood, sweat and tears into this and like working as hard as I possibly can to build an awesome company 
you know, even though we have a team of 13, it's like a team that works their asses off and like providing like benefits for everyone and like fundraising and going through all this process. It's like, and then you've got some people in the space and I know it's going to be everywhere, but it just does seem like we have a little bit more of it where it's like, there is more scam. There is a little bit more fraud that's on like the direct outset. Like, obviously we could say, Hey, there's probably a, you know, a thousand people that are trying to scam people with credit cards right now and all this, and that's there. But it does seem that sometimes in our space, some of these people do get catapulted to like the front page of it. And it's like, you know, Hey, this, this token that was launched and this idea that was launched, literally we look at it, someone like you or I, that's been a builder or like, that's just absolute vaporware. That's going nowhere. That is literally a rug pull in action. Right. And then we get, sometimes I feel like lumped into that. And it's like, no, look at the corpus of work that we've put in, like what we've done. But I feel like the investor base out there might be so jaded. I don't know. I wanted to hear your opinion. That feeling is why I was like, why I'm putting so much energy into the index network, into the network, because I know the good people. I know who they are. I know why they're here. And I know it's important to the future of the internet. And it's going to be really impactful for billions of people. And I also know that what you're saying is true. There's been a lot of funds lost, a lot of people hurt in our space. And part of that is it's just how early we are in building this new future. It's always going to attract bad people. Part of that is like the technology is just not like there's stuff missing that prevents these kinds of things from happening. Like, for example, I was talking to a company that's building a security product that will just tell you if you're trying to sign a transaction that you shouldn't sign. They have technology that like uses AI and they have a huge data set. They can analyze all the data and say, you know, they integrate with a wallet, right? And you can just say whether or not you should sign that transaction. I think there are far more good people than there are bad people building. And I think like the internet is full of good and bad people doing good and bad things. And and I think that there's nothing different there. It's just that this space is so hot and new and it draws a lot of attention. Then I also think that like there's a concerted effort on some people's part to focus on the bad and not the good. Conversely, I think there are a lot of people, for example, in government who are working to create regulations that prevent these kinds of things that are like smart, common sense regulations that are going to help keep innovation like going with, you know, they're not going to hurt the industry per se, uh, especially in the US. And a lot of that effort is just not talked about or seen by the public. But I know that it's happening. I know some of the people that are doing it, involved in it. You just got to keep going. You just got to keep focused on your why and and tell that story. And the more we tell that story, the more the the light side of what we're doing is going to get out there. And I think like what you're doing is super important. Many, many creators are struggling and this is their livelihood and they have things of value to to tell the world and you're building tools that are going to help them. I, I really believe in that. And I think that these technologies, AI, crypto, other technologies that are part of like the future of the internet are going to help those creators. The creator economy is actually, I think the one that benefits most from these tools. I do think that there's a downside to it too, from the elimination of jobs and things like that, that can happen, but you know, I'm, I'm an optimist. So yeah, I appreciate that. I don't know if that answers your question, but I have felt what you feel, you know, I, I hear it. It's a feeling that you've had and that you keep pushing through. Cause I do know a lot of people that threw in the towel and they, you know, they're working at, engineered an AI company now, or they went to start, you know, a, a startup in a, a fintech, a straight up fintech startup. And they said, Hey, we're not going to touch web three at all. There's been so much that has happened 
even in the last year of building that they've now missed it. And they have a huge gap in their knowledge of what's out there and what's possible. The only way to grow and get better is through pain. This is the number one thing. Like whether it's fitness or health or your mental health or as an entrepreneur building your business, I really do believe that pain and pressure is what makes you grow. And that's speaking from experience. And so, I mean, I look at some of the companies that are building right now that, for example, in the exchange space, like Cube Exchange, I'm also an investor in that one. Cube is building amazing technology that will prohibit any any exchange that were to use that technology. What happened with FTX is impossible to happen because it uses the best of the values of Web3, which is like things like self-custody and decentralization and the best of Tradify, traditional finance where you get like an amazing user interface with like ridiculous high frequency trading speeds on trades and things like that. And so I think this is where the innovation happens. You know, like the the more the bad guys come at us and try and do bad things, the more we innovate, the more the good people try to make the right thing possible. And so I think at the end of the day, it's going to be a net positive. And like, I think we also always have to remember, like you brought it up with the real estate thing. Like, yeah, there's a huge light shined on it. That's because they want you to quit. There are people who want you to get disillusioned, right? And you just can't give up. Another great quote, another great soundbite here. You can't lose if you don't give up. <laughs> you just can't lose. So it's part of the thing about being a builder and an entrepreneur. You just got to keep going. Yeah, I don't think that they, they realize the resiliency of what makes a true entrepreneur. You're just getting shit on the whole time. It doesn't matter. It's just, are you getting shit on more or less? It's like you're trying to achieve a potential outcome, but like you've chosen to go under the knife and under the microscope here and try and build something, you know, and you already jumped off a ledge. I mean, when we started Lunar Crush and I remember fundraising the first time, and this was like, even just, we did a Techstars program here in Los Angeles in 2019 and we'd go talk to investors and they're like, I thought Bitcoin was like dead. It was a bear, bear market. And we're like, yeah, like, you know, billionaires are shooting satellites into space to like keep the network up. But like, yeah, it's all going away for sure. Right. But then you you realize as an entrepreneur that it's the same thing as like, like, do you block people on Twitter or on X? Sometimes. Yeah. Really? It's like, I do for sure. Like some people that don't block people, I'm like, why do you want to deal with that? These people have no idea. It, it has to be pretty egregious. I kind of like... I want AI to do all my Twitter. I don't, I don't want to live there. <laughs> like who wants to live there? I, I want to do this. This is what I like. All the other content, I just want AI to automate, honestly. Because uh, I, I like this part. This is the human connection. It's the people that matter to me. The distribution of the content about those people is important too. It's the thing that I, I won't do You know that, that actively. I need to do it to, to get the message out there. But I've been like searching, for, honestly, for automation to handle it for me <laughs> in my voice. You know? <laughs> At what point is it just a bunch of AIs just like talking to each other and there's no point? I don't know. Yeah, that's possible, but I actually think that's not going to happen. I think there are consumers of content and there are creators. Yeah, and the, the majority of the people are are consumers for sure. Yeah. I want to touch on something you said earlier though, and it was when we were talking at the very beginning of the show when I was talking about my why and the index network. The isolation of being an entrepreneur and that feeling of not being connected is definitely one of the reasons why I'm doing this. It's another reason why I do the show too, because I stay connected with people that I care about in this space. And I get introduced to new people that I never would have talked to. You know, you'll meet somebody like, you should talk to Alex. You guys would have a great conversation. And then we end up having a show about it. And so for me, the Index Network is just as much about that as about like helping 
each other stay strong in this space, building together and doing something positive and connected and being able to do like, like I even thought about putting together like a wellness retreat. Like I went to my first breathwork class and with like sound bath therapy here my friend in Santa Barbara does that. And it was a life-changing experience for me. I came out of it like a changed person and that was for my own mental health and something we don't really like talk about publicly, but I'll tell you, I was at Breakpoint for the Solana conference in Amsterdam and I was talking to other couple of my friends who were like pretty accomplished entrepreneurs in, in our space and they were all really interested in it, you know, and it's, this is the kind of thing that like can come out of that group where, you know, it's the kind of value that you can get from those connections is the, is like the more real, the more real. I would join. You should do it. Yeah. I, maybe I will. If you're listening and you're interested, DM me. <laughs> those things are super important, especially you know, I have a young family, right? And, you know, I, I, I know you do too. And it's like, there's a lot. People always think like, oh, you're a startup founder and, you know, we're at like a series A level. You know, I'm not Elon Musk and I have like every meal like delivered. If You know, I don't know if that guy eats, but it's like, I still have to do dishes, you know, and I'm doing all of these things. And yeah, you're still a parent and a dad and a husband and you have, and you need to show up. You need to show up. And then you could go down the rabbit hole of like your family and be like, you know, if you, your parents are still around and how like, are they dealing? And then are your parents like divorced? And then, you know, you've got sisters and brothers and then you've got in-laws and all of those things going on. Then you have your friends that you, you want to deal with and like, you want to still maintain those relationships and you can just keep going. And if you're an entrepreneur, you're, you, a lot of times also, it, it seems like a lot of us are actually more introverted. You know, you're an introvert if you need to recover by yourself, right? And you need that alone time good luck on the alone time, you know? And so then it's like all of those things and then building the business and knowing that, you know, if you're like fundraising, that there's a date out there, you know, there's a zero out there at some point, there's a lot of pressure for someone. Yeah. I mean, I just went through this. I don't, I don't know if you saw this, but you know, we're winding down Olaplex, right? And that was my startup that I kind of spun out of my work in the Solana ecosystem. And I spent two and a half years on that company. It was really hard. And we fought tooth and nail to find a way forward. And we just, we were not able to without like getting into all those details. But yeah, as an entrepreneur, you carry that with you every day, you know, in and out of the house. And it's a super challenging thing to, to do. And it's why a lot of entrepreneurs burn out. It's why a lot of relationships don't make it with entrepreneurs. Like you, I know a lot of older entrepreneurs who've been divorced multiple times. Thankfully, you know, my wife and I are in a good spot, but like it's extremely hard on all aspects of your life. And yeah, I think anything you can do to try to maintain that balance. Like honestly, my, my only sanity, like the way I stayed sane the last like three years is I, I work out every day. It's on my schedule. It doesn't matter what fire is burning unless someone's dying that I know and like care about that I need to pay. T- I, I'm not missing that workout. Yeah. That's huge. It's funny. Cause like humans, we, it's very easy to break promises to ourselves. It's like a lot harder to break a promise to like someone else. Like if I was like, Hey Alex, like, let's go work out tomorrow at 5am. Even if you were up till 2am, you'd be like, shit, I got to get up. But like, if you were like, Hey, I'm going to wake up at 5am and work out. And like you stayed up till 2am and no one knew that you had to work out. It's way easier to not work out. Yeah. I've been doing CrossFit for like the last year and a half, almost two years. And actually I just had to leave my gym because I moved towns, but but to replace that, I started doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I wrestled for like a decade, nine to 19. And I've been wanting to do this for a long time. And I finally feel like I'm in the physical condition from CrossFit to roll. But long story short, those people know me. Like I went to the noon class every day in my hometown and they know me. And 
it wasn't that I made them the promise, but like I knew they were going to be there. I'm like, they're going to be there. I'm going to show up. I don't care how bad I feel. I'm going to show up. I'm going to get it in. I'm going to put in the work. My Brazilian jiu-jitsu class is at, it's at 6 a.m. in the morning. It's like 25 minutes away from here. So I have to get up and, and drive down there. I'm up at 4.30 twice a week. And then I get my coffee and get my routine in and whatever. And then I go down there at like 5.30 for class. And I'm disciplined about it for the exact reason you're talking about. Because the community, it's like, and it also for me, that community is the one community that I have outside of work. You know, outside of work and my, and my family. It's like the one thing that I have. We're like, we don't even talk shop, you know, we're just in there for the thing that we're in there to do. And we're having fun doing that thing. And for me, that is like a really rejuvenating hour of my day. It's, it's important. And it's like, whatever that thing is for you, it's like, if, you know, if you're playing baseball or softball or whatever else that you're doing, there's these moments where, you know, if you're sitting in the batter's box and there's a ball coming directly at you, it's not physically possible to think about anything else in that moment except for that ball coming at you, right? Or if someone's trying to choke you, like that if they don't let go, you die. You're not thinking to yourself like, shit, the hex you know, number for that color on that button was off, right? You're not thinking about any of that. You're thinking just about, and you, it's a release that's there. And you know, think about what we actually aren't talking about right now with all this stuff with what I just said, like the table stakes of of doing this and building things are like, you know, we just got off of a call about like, what's the logic behind, you know, when someone clicks this button, right? Like did the spacing of this thing needs to change or like, what's the timeline of getting that thing delivered? And you know, who, how are we going to get it delivered? And what's the growth plan behind that? And what's the copy that goes behind? Those are just like, it's funny that that's like the table stakes of everything that like a lot of times, like we're over here talking about working out and like maybe taking cold plunges. Right. <laughs> but it's like all this other stuff that happens in the background that is just, you know, you, you have to be good at those things. And if you're not good at those things enough yet, it's like, it is okay to go work for a company for a little bit and maybe work in product management, right. Or work in UX or like read a couple books. It's like entrepreneurship and being an entrepreneur doesn't mean like you're going to be Zuck and you're going to like, you know, quit out of Harvard and suddenly this thing's going to happen. Like those are one in, you know, billions that happen. It's like, then there's this whole ecosystem of everything else that's like amazing. And the the people that are building are awesome. And like tons of VCs are funding. So I think it's like, if you're out there trying to start a business or thinking about starting a business, we're saying a lot of things about how it is hard, but like the reward side of it is also huge of just building a team and focusing on a goal and having like a small, even a small team is like amazing, right? It's like- You have to want to grow. If you want to grow, go for it. Because I, because you're going to grow. You're going to be forced to grow because you're going to run and you're going to bump up against the, hey, I don't have that skill or I don't know how to do this. Or I've got a really, the biggest problem I've ever faced professionally in my life and I got to fix it. And in those situations are the only way you grow. You know, if you want to grow, you want to grow fast. That's, this is it. You're not always going to win but you're definitely going to grow. A lot of second time entrepreneurs is like, that's where, you know, you hit it or third time, you know, and like you said, there's just, if you, if you keep trying that you're never actually giving up. And I think a lot of times people tie their personal identity too much with that one business. And they think, Oh, if that business failed, I failed. It's like, well, no, you just took a risk that no one else, most people on this planet are not willing to take. Right. And you went for it. Right. And like most people will live their entire lives and not be able to go do even one thing like that. 
right? And so I think it took like, me a while to realize that. And I'm like, I want to go back to too, the, the sports thing that we were talking about that you said, because I, I relate to that a lot, which is like, like with CrossFit, I would definitely find myself drifting sometimes where I'm like, have that thing in the back of my head and I can't focus. And, and if I don't, like, there's no way I'm going to power clean like a massive amount of weight, you know, when you're doing that, you're, you're going to mess it up. And I, and I would notice I would have bad days. You know, wrestling was such an important part of my childhood and growing up. The first time I walked into the Brazilian Jiu Jitsu dojo and like put my feet on the mat, it was kind of cathartic. I was really like kind of almost overwhelmed by it. And every day since that I've showed up to that, when my feet touch that mat, there's nothing else. There's literally nothing else that I'm thinking about except the people in that room and the growth I'm trying to get as a human from that sport. And you know, for me, that that is the thing that allows me to do the other hard things, to grow in the ways that I want to grow as a professional. You know, like if I'm not doing that, taking care of the health and my mental health, my physical health, I can't even have the the headspace to take on the pain and the challenges that come with building a, a business, especially something that's venture a venture scaled type company. I really appreciate this conversation. It's gone very deep, which I like. And I appreciate like how open you've been about this. The last question that I always ask everybody once we get to the top of the show is kind of what have I not asked you that you wanted to talk about, you know, that we didn't, didn't discuss. It could be more personal stuff or it could be stuff about Lunar Crush, like anything. What, what have I not talked about that we should have? Like we're working in social media at Lunar Crush, right? And like you were saying, you know, you're like, I don't even want to be on X anymore because it's so much. We live in this world now, you know, and depending on, you know, the family that you're at, if you're single, you're not, or, you know, you're with your friends. Like, you know, I do this a lot now where if I'm with a group of people, I just pick my head up and I just once in a while, like it gets a little quiet and I just kind of look at people checking their phones. You know, I just kind of look around and then I, I'm, I'm, I'm very cognizant of if I grab my phone, you know, and like, if I'm not grabbing it, like, how are my, how am I contributing to the people that I'm with? when I'm out with other people to where I'm, I'm kind of trying to create an environment or an atmosphere of people having fun and being very present. I do wish that more people thought that way, you know, because when you think about it, TikTok or Instagram or even X, those algorithms are way, like you are outmatched and outgunned completely, right? Like if you were going to take it back and, you know, you could say like, oh, maybe you used to do like a puzzle over the holidays with family when you were little, it's like just being like straight up intellectually honest, like is a puzzle more fun or more engaging than a feed of video that's serving you the funniest, most interesting, most personalized thing to you? Like, no, it's just not. It's just not. They know when I'm crying, laughing, watching some, it's happened to me, dude. Like I've been doom scrolling through stuff on Instagram and literally like a couple nights ago, I, I, I saw something that just... I was dying laughing. It was the funniest thing I've and seen. Some of it's so amazing, long. right? And it's like, I do like those things because it's like, hey, there's creators like that we're trying to support that are doing a great job um, that should be rewarded for that. And like mainstream media is just amalgamation of just shit at this point, right? Just narratives being fed down your throat. And so I want to empower those people. But I do think that it should always come with a little pause because it's stronger than you are. And I think we need to all be aware of that a little bit and just try and utilize social media in a positive way and like mindfully browse social media and interact with people and be real to people and, you know, have good conversations where you can. And like, this is one way to do that as well with like a podcast. Like when we ran 
Lunar Crush, we did Lunar Crush Live. You were on it. We did 125 episodes. You know, we sunset that, you know, it was a lot of time and effort. And we're building this company alongside of that. And we're like, okay, we can't, we're like, we got a, a lot of things going on. But I do miss these connections and meeting people. It kind of commingles with what I was saying of like, let's all be very mindful on social media. Let's think about the next generation and how they're, they're interacting as well. And just kind of pick your head up and like, it's okay to leave your house without your phone, right? Like I'm really looking forward to the day where I can just walk out with just my Apple watch and not have to worry about like my phone at all. You know, I think that those days are coming and I think they'll be a little bit more interesting, but I want to get back to being, being more present. And I feel like a lot of founders, like what you're saying, get out of your house, go do something, go find another, you know, like exciting, hopefully physical thing for you to sweat and get, get some things out. Cause like, that's what centers you. And that's what empowers you. Like you don't feel worse on the days you go to jujitsu. You probably never leave that. You never leave jujitsu and go, shit, I wish I didn't do that. Ever. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. Well, thanks so much for coming on. And I think that's a great way to end the show. Appreciate you. And we'll be in touch soon. All right. Come man. On again, anytime. Appreciate it. Thanks, oh, Alex. last thing, last thing. What can people do to like contribute or participate or be like a part of Lunar Crush? Where do they go? What do you want them doing? Let's get a little I, CPA I'm, out there. Yeah. So we we just launched something called Lunar Crush Discover, where you can basically search all of social media, search yourself, connect your social media accounts and start to get some feedback, get some metrics about how you're performing. If you are trading cryptocurrencies or trading stocks, you're going to get this awesome feed that's specific to each of those tickers that you put in there who's influential, who are the creators. So that is, you know, $5 a month. You sign up for the year, it's $4 a month. And then we have that wait list for the product that I was talking about. So if you are a creator out there and you want to get paid or you are a brand um, that's looking for creators, go and join that, that wait list at lunarcrush.com forward slash earn. Um, and you'll be put into a group. We've already got, it's like 50 to 75 million impressions uh, a month of people that have joined that. And so that's growing really quick. And so if you're out there, join it up. Sign me up. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much. All right, Alex. Thanks, buddy. You just heard the Index Podcast with your host, Alex Kahaya. If you enjoyed this episode, please give the show a five-star rating and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Google, or your favorite streaming platform. New episodes available every other Wednesday. Thanks for tuning in. Thank <laughs> you.